in the 21st century Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This is a special edition with Dawson Tire and Wheel, one of the premier ag tire and wheel providers in North America helping people grow. Dawson Tire is a company I've done some business with uh, pretty extensively for the last uh, 10 or 12 years that I've been in this business and they have uh, they've been gracious enough to be part of the, of the podcast. And on this edition we have uh, Cole Frederick and John Elder and Cole is the irrigation sales manager and John is the sales manager for Dawson Tire and Wheel. And we're going to talk about irrigation tracking solutions and different scenarios that we see out there when it comes to pivot irrigation. And uh, guys, welcome to the show. Hey, Casey. Thanks for having us. Yeah, well, this, is, us, this, is, uh, this is take two because something happened with my technology when we, when we were going and it just like quit. And I don't know what happened and it erased everything I had. So knock on wood, we get this one. So fellas, I appreciate your patience and uh, we will uh, we'll continue down the road here. So Cole... Let's talk a little bit about uh, about some of the options that are out there for um, irrigation tires and, and tracking solutions that you have, uh, Dawson Tire. Well, do thanks, Casey. Yeah, I'm Cole Frederick, irrigation sales manager um, here at Dawson. Uh, so yeah, we're uh, you know despite you were out here talking about irrigation traction control, despite you know the, the kind of the wet year that we had here in the Midwest and everything, it's still a still a pretty hot topic. But uh, here at Dawson, we offer um, a handful of uh, different options, uh, starting with our Vortex brand, which is a Vortex Bias by Tire, and that's going to be a kind of basic tire that you see out there. It's been around probably the longest, and it's one of the most tried and true there is. Um, then we also offer some airless options with the Rhino Gator, and then uh, we also offer a radial and the Trello Board radial and the, and the Vortex radial. Um, and so those are kind of some of your basic options, which you know can go real in-depth into talking about them. Those are basically, uh, you know, your bias fly, your airless, and then uh, radials are kind of the ones you see coming out right now. Okay, so I'm assuming that those three different options, bias, radial, and then the airless, if they're, is that a good, better, best option, or does it really depend on the scenario that you're in, what what solution you use? Yeah, it's, it's definitely situational on, on what you want to do. Um, you know, you, I suppose you kind of have your better and best with your with your bias and your uh, radial, and then you have your airless, which is going to be, I guess, very situational. It's going to be your certain field that really helps out. Um, and, you know, when it depends on what your number one issue. And uh, I know John's always hitting. You know, if you have a, a grower out there, yeah, I mean, if you ask a grower who's running center pivots, you ask them what their issues are. Almost always in the top five are going to be the tires. Something's going to come up without tracking, whether it's whether it's getting stuck, whether it's making ruts, whether it's uh, getting flat tires. And it just seems that, you know, each field is kind of different, just like anything else. You know, if you've got really wet, mucky ground, um, you know, a, an airless option might not be your best solution uh, because it's not going to give you the flotation that you need going across it where uh, where that's where a, a radial tire would really, really shine. Um, but if it's just normal ground, maybe a bias by tire is just fine for what you need. So the key is actually, in my mind, Casey, is, is providing options to provide solutions. 
because it's really about making sure that that thing can go around the field day in and day out. Okay, so that, that's a good question. That's a good point. I want to I want to ask you guys about that. So one of the the big things out here in pivot irrigation land where we live at is when guys go back in to plant or do their field work or whatever there is, there could be twelve to eighteen to twenty four inch ruts depending on you know how tall your tire is and how much you had to irrigate and how much rain you got and all the different things that play into that. And there, there's a there's a lot of of field work that has to go back into you know, fixing ruts and with, with pivot track closers and those kind of things. Is there any one of those options that is a that is better for that? Or, like, is again, does it just depend on soil type and, and how wet your year was and how much you had to irrigate? Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, I've been around the industry for a while, and, you know, one of the things you always hear about is kind of some of the keywords is people always talk about the variable rate stuff, and you have a variable rate nitrogen, variable rate planting, variable rate irrigation, um, and you talked about the field with all the variances through it. You know, on, on a on a pivot with tires, you really can't do any kind of variable rate. You know, it's, right. it's the one you got to find the one that fits all. And, and so that's where you talk about that. If you want, you know, the, I guess you would say maybe the top of the line that's going to really do the most good, you're going to talk about a radial, um, you know, a travel board radial or a vortex radial. Um, and that's going to be the thing that's really going to get you through the field. It's going to offer you probably the best traction. Um, it's going to offer you the best uh, running situation because, you know, the thing with radial is you're only running that at about, you know, 15 to 18 PSI, and so you're going to get yourself a much better footprint, better flotation, and that's going to help you to save the rest. So, you know, when it does come to harvest and you're going through there, you know, three to six miles an hour, you're not going to hit that rut and jump out of the combine. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and, and with that radial, you're also, you know, I, I'm going to knock on wood here. I got one customer. He, he's been running radials for about three years now. And he, he says everything. He's like, take with a grain of salt. He goes, but I'm not saying they won't get stuck. He goes, but I have never seen one get stuck. So, you know, that's, that's kind of saying something when you got a guy that's been out in the business for, you know, 20, 30 years and he's got some faith in something like that. Yeah, now that is that is saying quite a bit. So I mean, flotation is is a you hear that word float around here more than than mm-hmm. than I've had seen in the past, right? I mean, we've we've kind of had the compaction thing that kind of popped up in the late '80s, early '90s with the introduction of Caterpillar when they when they rolled out their track systems, and and that was a big yeah. thing for a while, and and then it kind of fizzled out a little bit, and then now it's kind of starting to pop its head back up again. We start looking out at the future of of these different solutions. Are you seeing anywhere where they're using like a like a wider track system or something like that, where there's a bigger footprint? Um, maybe not necessarily so big that it's gonna you know take out four or five plants at, and each time it goes around, you know, out of each row or something like that. But is it? Have you seen anything like that? And is that starting to be something that's you could see on the horizon? Yeah, so there's a whole lot of different uh, solutions that are out there. There's some guys offering tracks. There's some that are offering um, extra wide tires. The you know kind of the thing with a pivot, unlike a tractor, um, the pivot doesn't really have a choice. Right, right. The, the tires go where the tires go, and yeah. they, they're going to go the same place every single time. Yep. Um, I know. Uh, I know. Zomatic for a few years offered. A, they called it a Z track. Uh, which was their track solution, but it never really caught on. They're pretty expensive, and, and they're only really good in, in very 
really, really wet ground, and there's other ways to, to get across that um, that are probably cheaper and, and maybe a little easier long-term. Uh, so I guess the biggest thing is, from a technology standpoint, is that we are starting to see, you know, where the 11.224 was kind of the basic standard pivot tire. Uh, we're really seeing more movement into the 11.238, the 12.438s, um, getting taller, getting bigger. I mean, you look at the crop that's grown today, Casey, you know, um, I remember when I was a kid walking through cornfields, the corn was six and a half feet tall. It was pretty good crop. Now right. it's, you know, it's tall and tractor. Yep. So, so everything's getting bigger and better. And I think that goes along with the, with the pivot tires. And I think, uh, and Cole can correct me if I'm wrong. I think what we're seeing, uh, is more of a movement to the, to the radial tire, much more like what we're seeing on tractors, um, getting bigger footprints, um, higher flotation, less ground pressure, um, you know, creating fewer ruts is yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's 100%. You know, it's, people are, you see it with the tractors, like you said, like you're, you're running the radials because you want flotation. You know, you get more surface area on the ground, you're going to get better traction, and you're also not going to be just pressure pointing single, single points throughout the field. Yeah, that's the... Uh and and you know we see the same thing in in a lot of the farming operations that we have where guys are you know they're they might be going north to south and then east to west you know what i mean it's just and it just depends on on what they're doing how they're doing it and and uh yeah so let's, let's this is something i've always wondered and, and and this might be a dumb question here but with the uh with the amount of no-till that we've seen over the last 15 years 20 years and how that's really kind of taking a hold and then we're looking at like strip till situations and, and minimal till situations, those kind of things. How has that affected rutting in the field when you're looking at, um, at your, at your irrigation systems? You know, it, depending on, on different places you're going through, uh, I was going to say, cause you're talking about different situations with the strip till and everything. You also see, you know, it was kind of catching on there for a while. And I think it still is as farmers are now farming in circles themselves. You know, they're driving right. the machine around and following the pivots. Right. So, you know, they're kind of trying to minimize, minimize even having to run with those issues. You see some guys, you know, they have to run so much. They're putting, they might even putting rocks in those pivot tracks, you know, that, you know, they, they just know that's not going to be a, a productive piece of ground. So they're definitely making changes. And, and so since you're moving the strip till the guys that are doing that and still going in rows, you see a lot more guys, I think, running towards that radial. Yeah, um, they're getting just they're trying to get that more flotation on there. I think anytime you add organic matter to the soil, right? You're changing the what the cross section of the soil looks like. Um, we're starting to see, you know, uh, especially when like last year when it was pretty wet all year, when they did have to run pivots, the soils get really mucky and really loose. And so, if you're running, you know, where are you probably have been running a bias ply tire for 10 years and never had a problem. Now you change your, your cropping practices, you change your tillage practices and how you work the soil. Um, you're starting to see, even in the same fields that may have been running for 10 or 15 years, you're starting to see guys that are now all of a sudden digging ruts. And you've got guys that are now all of a sudden getting pivots stuck. Um, likely because they're, you know, changing that soil profile. Yeah. Uh, by changing their cropping practices. 
Yep. Okay, so that's a good point. That was my next question I was going to ask you guys. So let's talk about lifespan. And you know, every year, uh, pivots go through a maintenance program, just like you would see in any other piece of equipment on the farm. Um, what kind of maintenance and lifespan are you going to look at on, on pivot track tires? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. You know, it's, you talk about lifespan, and whenever you think about tires, you think about putting 50,000, 60,000 miles on a set of tires. You know, you're not exactly running 100 miles an hour with a, a pivot tire by any means. So, you know, that, that's the one thing. The biggest, you know, the, actually the biggest issue that uh, pivot tires have is just the sun. I mean, they just get sun rot. They sit out there and they get beat by the sun. So if you get down, you know, places down in Texas and Kansas and South Texas where it gets hot, I mean, it gets really hot, and they just sit out there and beat in the sun all day, that's going to be your biggest decomposure to a tire. Um, yeah, I'd say the biggest maintenance thing, Casey, is, is that people actually use enough pressure gauge. You know, there's, <laughs> okay. there's a lot of guys. Yeah. I know we, we've talked before uh, on these, and we talked about people using their finger as a, the, the gauge to see how much the tread wear. <laughs> right. um, yeah. But using an air pressure gauge is actually amazing uh, for the life of a tire. Uh, there's, there's so many guys that just go out there with a compressor and they just fill it up until it looks like it's full and uh, and then go on to the next one. Well, you know, if you're talking about a radial tire and you start, you know, you're actually looking at 15 to 20 PSI and they go out there and they put a hair in it uh, until it's not squatting like it's like they think it should be, they may be up in the 45 or 50 PSI range. Yeah. So what is the ideal PSI? Is it a... Is it truly a, a, a case-by-case scenario, or is there a, you know, it needs to be 30 PSI, or, or, or what is it? I mean, that's just based on your uh, your tire that you're on. Like I said, the bias slide, they run around that 24 to 35 PSI, I suppose most people put them in. And then, you know, like I said, the radial, you're running at 15 to 18 pounds is kind of the, the true market. If it's on a corner arm, you might run it up to 25 or something like that. Just because you got a little bit more weight. And you, and you, Honestly, the guys that are running it and the guys that have figured out how to use the, the pressure gauge, they're kind of, some of them really get into it and they kind of take around and they get their happy spot. You know, it might be that 17, it might be that 19. It's just kind of on the radials, it's wherever they want. Um, but like I said, the radial, the big advantage is you want less PSI, so you get more surface area, whereas, you know, the bias, you have to keep that PSI higher just because they don't have the the ratings, the, the weight ratings to be able to hold it. They don't have a flex in the, in the sidewalls. Yeah, yeah. So, from a maintenance perspective, you guys have trucks out running all over the place. You guys cover a wide span. You've got your your store there in Gothenburg, and you cover a pretty good pretty good span there. You got your your store up in Holly, Michigan. Um, what kind of give me the give me the range of what you're talking about when you say uh, when you set up some of your maintenance programs you have uh, for the different different tires you have out there. Yeah, so from an irrigation perspective, uh, maintenance is actually really pretty easy. We don't uh, we don't do a lot of irrigation maintenance. A lot of that is done by our irrigation dealers that we partner with. So mm-hmm. the Zomatic dealers, the Valley dealers, the TNL, and the Reiki. Um, those guys really do most of the pivot maintenance. Um, from our perspective, the biggest thing, like I said, is probably a spring kind of tune-up. Uh, when they go out and on a, on a pivot, uh, typically an irrigation dealer will go out. He's got a, a set checkup. 
a, a checklist of things, so to speak, to, to look at the pivot before we start running. And one of those is the, the tire pressure um, and making sure that the tires are aired up, that they're holding air. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, airless tires or flat-free solutions. We offer the Rhinogator as our uh, flat-free solution, which is good in a lot of conditions. But in reality, if you get into really wet ground or mucky ground, um, there's not really a good airless solution out there. Your, your best solution is going to be a pneumatic tire in those situations. Um, so it just kind of depends on the person. It depends on the, the situation. Um, pivots are kind of one of those things that they're the, the forgotten about soldier uh, in the field. Right. Um, you know, everybody talks about setting up their combine. Everybody talks about getting the maintenance on their tractors. Um, you know, we've talked in the past about tractors and, and the fact that the tires are one of the most expensive air components on a tractor. Yeah. Um, it's no different on a pivot. Um, and it's one of the things that probably uh, people forget about the most, and it probably causes them the most issues when they forget about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine so. Definitely can imagine so. All right, guys. Well, I think we've uh, covered the gambit here. Anything else you want to throw out there before we before we close it down on this topic? No, I, I don't. I don't really know of anything, Casey. I think you know the biggest thing that we can say is is use the tire pressure gauge. Make sure that uh, you know you're keeping an eye on the tires when they do start to get weather checked and you start to see the cracks in the rubber. You know, it's really time before the season. Before the corn is six feet tall and it's, you know, 105 degrees and 100% humidity in the middle of the field. Right. You know, that's really the time to, to start to, to look at getting a new set of pivot tires. Yep. Yeah, definitely the maintenance and, and definitely close pivot tracks to help out. But, uh, yeah, it's like, I can't reiterate what John said enough. Like, try to check them out before because when it's in the middle of the season, it's the worst time. I've been there, trust me. Yeah, I can't imagine that's any fun. I can't imagine that's any fun at all. All right. All right, guys. Well, Cole Frederick and, and John Elder, what's the best way to get a hold of Dawson Tire and Wheel, and where's the best way to find them on the Internet? DawsonTireAndWheel.com. Yeah, DawsonTireAndWheel.com. Um, I think uh, just click around there. You'll find all our numbers, our, our, our names, and you'll be able to get a hold of us. Call us, and uh, we'll hopefully take care of all your needs. Right on. Also, check them out on all their social media at Dawson Tire and Wheel. Um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that stuff. Yeah. On it's what? all out there. All out there, yeah, so plenty of information. So, All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Casey, we appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. All right. Have well, a good one, Casey. Thank you. Thank you. So this is Casey Seymour. Let's go out and miss some iron, folks. Out. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hard work.